We are almost there. We have reached another milestone. We are officially entering the last weekend until January of 2023 that will not have college football. So enjoy it. As our good friend Chris Marler over at Saturday Down South said, uh, significant others that maybe aren't that into college football, this is the weekend. True. If you if you want to go on that trip, if you want to go to those orchards. If you want to have a wedding. If you want to have a wedding, you have a day. Get it figured <laughs> out. Uh, or you got to wait until after January of 2023. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is it. This is your weekend. Get it all out of the way. You got a project around the house you need to get done. This is the weekend. Uh, you want to go ahead and just take your fall, Thanksgiving, and Christmas pictures. Get her done. Like This is the weekend to get it done. Because as of next weekend, we got Vandy, Hawaii. Let's go. We've got important games. We got Florida State, Duquesne. Come on. We have a lot of important stuff happening. And your, your significant other be it male or female or anything in between that loves college football is going to be emotionally unavailable for you until the end of the year. So this is the time to go ahead and get her done. Yeah. Absolutely. In in every sense. And we've warned you. We have now warned you. So there's no excuse. We gave you a whole countdown and everything. Yeah. Following on social media. I mean, Christian orchestrated that, by the Mm -hmm. way. All, all the all the Georgia themed countdowns to Not the college all football Georgia. season. You're right; it wasn't all my. Kenny Pickett okay. made an appearance on that bad boy. I apologize. You're right. Trying to slander me and skew me as some biased homer. I that wasn't that. Not yeah. Right. I mean, first of all, yes. Second of all, I mean, we kind of cover the, the Georgia Bulldog area. You know what I mean? I mean, there's there's plenty of other. There's a lot of people that argue this is a Georgia Southern Eagle area. Sure. There's uh, like I said, there's plenty of other schools and fans out there for sure. I'm one of them. But you know, it's just it just it happens. It's obvious, but at the same time like yeah, you don't like think you said, it'd be like that, but it do. Georgia Southern be right around the corner as well. So we're there. We we have anyway. made it. This is the weekend yeah. and I I will say this, if you don't have any plans this weekend, this is the deep breath weekend. Just because there's going to be nothing left after that. It's going to be just full down, pedal to the metal, getting after it. And maybe, listen, you might be mad at me. If, if you're not the one who likes college football, you might be mad at me when I recommend this. But maybe this is a hangout. Like maybe this, like you said, it's the last deep breath, right? Before maybe you the, don't want... Before the plunge. Yeah, maybe you don't have any big projects that you need to do. Maybe, maybe you don't have any you know, weekend vacations that you want to do or anything like that. Maybe ex- do exactly that. Take that deep breath. Spend yeah. it on the couch with your significant other because guess what? It might start on the couch with your significant other when it comes to college football season, but about five minutes in, they're not going to be on that couch anymore. Yeah. You know who has they're a gonna good... They're going to be pacing or excited or jumping up and down. They're, they're going to be one or the other. You know who has a good... I'm curious to get your thought on this. Who's that? West Coasters. Yes. Because think about potentially what their Saturdays look like. Right now, our Saturdays look like you wake up about 7, 8 o'clock, and then 9 o'clock game day comes on, and you're watching game day. Yeah. And if there is, and listen, game day is a holy experience. I understand that. But if there's anything you have to do on Saturday, 
You got to go to the grocery store. You got to take the kids somewhere. Uh, you you got to go to the gym, something like that. I get it. Like 9 to 11 o'clock, that's yep. the time to get it done on a Saturday. Sometimes sure. you get home late on a Friday. You forgot to get something from the grocery store. You got to go. I get it. But, and you can like, you can take game day with you in your ear and just and, and listen to it while you're out there doing that. that. So I get it. But for the most part, college football fans, game day starts. You're watching that until the noon kickoff. And then once noon kickoff's there, you're there until 11 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Right? Getting through those. And sometimes even later than that, if there's a really good Pac-12 game on. Sometimes even a little bit later than that. So your full day is taken up. Whereas people on the West Coast, you can wake up, if you so choose, at 6 o'clock in the morning to catch college game day. Sure. And then the first game is kicking off at 9 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And the last games are ending around 8, 9 o'clock. So you can still have your Saturday night. Absolutely. And especially, like, those late games for you are kicking off at, at you know, 8, 9 o'clock if you're on the West Coast. If it's one of those, ga- if it's one of those throwaway games, then, hey, you don't even have to watch that one. Like, exactly. You can just keep your, your night wide open. And most of the time, if it's an important Pac-12 game or West Coast game, it gets pushed up to, like, 9 o'clock East important Coast. Important Pac-12 game. Yeah, it's laughable, but it happens sometimes. Right, so like that gets pushed up normally to like a nine o'clock kickoff East Coast, which is six there, and then by nine o'clock they're free to go do whatever they so choose. I mean, it's crazy. And don't get me wrong, I I love college game day just as much as the next person. But if you're telling me that I can wake up on the West Coast at like eight thirty, get my morning coffee, sit down, have it playing in the background, of course, but sit down with a breakfast, whatever. Uh, breakfast buffet in front of me and coffee and have like sit down right when the picks are going off and kickoffs about to happen for the East Coast noon Still games. rubbing the sleep out of your eye. Like, are you oh, kidding me? That's, here we go, big noon Saturday. Let's what go. a way to start your Saturday morning. Like it's not the East Coast same like lead up. Like you said, you got time to yeah. do whatever you need to do if you need to do You're it. You're watching Arkansas Old Miss at nine o'clock in the morning. That's yeah. dangerous. Insanely. You're watching Wisconsin Penn State at nine o'clock in the yeah, what? Which, I mean, last year that that was uh, not only that you're sitting there watching the the Arctic cold in September of Wisconsin that is Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. and you're sitting there drinking your coffee in beautiful 80 degree weather in on the West Coast wherever you are. No, that's crazy. So th- them them West Coasters got it good in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I would say like the mountain time people have it good, but like, what do you do at night out there? Yeah, that's the that's the main problem. Is like at least the West Coast fight off bandits. I don't know what you do. <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna go on a hike. We're like, oh, really? What are you gonna do tomorrow? I uh, probably might go on a hike. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. Listen, I've seen Yellowstone. Like, it's it's pretty. But like, what what are you doing at night? If not just watching college football, you're either just walking outside in the wilderness or you're tending to your farm. Or like one or the fighting other. Fighting off bears. Those are those are the two things they do out there. Or, I guess, work at the oil field. I don't know. If you're, like, down in the southern parts of those time zones. I don't know if it's unhealthy is the right word for it, but I have discovered, and, like, I know, like, as guys get older, we start having these, like, weird fascinations. Like, the the one I've heard, like, Pat Oswalt talk about is, like, once you, like, hit 40 to 50, you just have to have, like, a fascination with World War II. Like, for whatever reason, you're watching the documentaries, you're reading the books, you have to have a fascination with World War II. Yeah. And... 
But for me, I've noticed for whatever reason, and they've always been one of my favorite animals, but I've just like, my my thing has become like watching documentaries about them. Bears. I don't know what okay. it is. Yeah. Like I hit 30 and it's like nature docs. Yeah. And then from that, I have found my lane, which is bear documentaries. Because there's nothing cooler to me than watching some Kodiaks in Alaska. Yeah. It's like a mom teaching her teaching her cub how to shuck clams and eat clams. And mm-hmm. the narrator's talking and he's like, only certain Kodiak bears know how to do this because it's passed down from family to family. Like right. not all of them are inherently born with the knowledge of how to shuck clams. Gotta be really careful with that word. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just like I have a lot found of different ways that PJ go. where even two, three years ago, nine o'clock at night, I'm playing Warzone with Cody and the fellas or going out somewhere, right? Now it's nine o'clock at night and it's bear documentaries <laughs> and getting real sleepy real fast. Sure. One movie changed your whole perspective on on what what was interesting to you in that movie, because I know your appreciation for it. Is the Revenant? Yeah, I, I mean, think that's probably what triggered it. No, I've always had a fascination for bears because yeah. I, I had a teacher. I think it was like elementary school or middle school, like that told me, like because you always hear about lions and tigers and like yeah. the yeah. sharks in the sea and all that. Right. But they're like, nah, you know who the, the baddest thing on the planet is. And I'm like, what? And they're like, bears. Right. I'm like what? They're like big, the baddest. There's no, like the only thing that's taken down a bear. That's like walking is like maybe an elephant. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's true. Because I'm always heard the arguments like gorilla versus bear. Bear has like daggers attached to his hands. Now I don't know and it's if bigger they, than a gorilla. Yeah, I don't know if they would ever be in the same place. No, then again, I don't think elephants would be either with bears. But the only thing I not, might contest not big like bears. there's smaller bears, but not big. Okay. Bears. If a if a rhino and koala bears not a bear. If a rhino gets an angle on a bear, that could that could be a problem. Gotta get the angle on it though. Exactly, that's yeah. the thing. Like the, the, their chances are are not as high. I'm with you though. Like as as weird as this may sound, and if if you're listening, you might be. Oh, here we go. PJ agreeing with Christian again. But like, I, I don't know. We're just pretty similar. Like, what's crazy is I've always had kind of like a, a, a interesting fascination with like war strategy. Not necessarily like. I like it. Sure, like I like history and all that good stuff. Like you, you got to. PJ's you know, just reading the. I'm, I'm be, watching be sure to dive into that. And PJ's reading the art of war. Well, no, like I would have loved. I guess that's weird, but like I would have liked more access to that. But you don't really find a lot of access to that a lot of places. So the another thing, maybe not again. Like maybe not specific wars, but that's always been kind of an interest of mine. But another thing that's been. Is, How did we get yes. from rhino to war? Is yet yeah, well because you brought up like you know when people turn forty and fifty they go okay, back to okay, World okay, War Two okay, and okay. things like that. So I'm just saying like not specific wars, but like war strategy has always interested me pretty well. But on the World topic of World of Warcraft <laughs> is probably where we're going more with this. No, no, no. <laughs> well, that game has war and animals. So yeah, um, there we go. No, but like what's crazy is. Bears have always been like number two on my list, okay. and I, I know this is like super, this is super generic. It's, it's actually one of the animals that you, and also people could probably roll their eyes if they know who my favorite team is. But lions have always been that for me. It's interesting. Like, they have a mystique about them. Yeah, I don't know if it's maybe like what's funny is the two Disney movies that were huge when I was young, Lion King and Brother Bear. So yeah. I may, maybe that had some influence. I don't know, but lions have always been that for me. So like, funny story when Disney Plus dropped. 
everyone was like, man, what series, what movie are you watching first? Blah, blah, blah. What, what, are, you, what are you checking out first? And sure, I watched a couple old movies and was like, ah, oh, that's entertaining. Yeah. But what I found myself diving into the most, I watched like every animal documentary there was on, is, on Disney+. Go. Plus. Yeah. At, at like first week and a half. And I'll say this, adding to the, <laughs> adding to the, the lore and my argument that bears are just straight up the coolest, Yeah. scariest villain from any Disney movie I will put the bear from the fox and the hound up against anything. Okay. Just in yep. terms of like sheer horror when it approached, because like everyone knows Scar is like a great bad guy, and you have the sure. different uh, Gaston and Beauty and the Beast and all of that, right? You have a bunch of different ones, but I'm talking about like struck fear in your heart. Mm-hmm. That bear and the fox and the hound is horrifying. I had like red eyes. It was black and yeah. it was huge. Yeah, no, it's it's vicious. It's basically everything you would draw up is like a. Uh, an evil, like demonic bear. Yeah, in a kids, in a, basically like a, a kids movie. So, like, no, no, absolutely. And also, just severely disappointed by all the teams that that own the name Bear. Yeah, like, Cal, the Golden Bears. Like, there's nothing bear and if, about that team. You could do. Yeah, who is the most bear team in the country? Oh man, because when I think bear, I think like you don't want to mess with it, but it's kind of solitary. It won't mess with you if you don't mess with it. It'll sustain itself off of eating fish and and berries and 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 grass, but if it needs to, it'll rip you apart. Well, like it's not aggressive, it's not putting itself out there for the most part, timid, solo. What's crazy is like I'm I'm thinking one team and kind of like at first I'm not going to lie the first one I jumped to, the first two I jumped to is like is that Alabama or Georgia? But then you started getting into like, right, when you started getting into like, you know, it won't mess with you if you don't mess with it, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to see it on its bad side. And I will say, if we can single out one unit of a team, a very bare type of team to me is Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin Wisconsin. in a heartbeat, right? Just because that defense is always insanely nasty. No, Wisconsin is totally happy playing Super fundamental, good defense, and yes. running the football right. and getting their nutrition from that, and and that's what they have to do. But every now and then, yeah, when somebody messes with them, and, and they got to dig down and throw the football and actually sure. go out and hunt something, mm-hmm. they're the most horrifying team on the planet. You think you you think climbing up that tree is safe for you? Hell no! It's I'm not. getting up that tree with it. So like, yeah, no. And like what pushed it over the edge is you were like, it can sustain itself with like fish and berries. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, dude, Wisconsin does that all the time. That's all they, they do have, anyway. You look at their roster sometimes and it's like, wow, there's no way this team wins four games and they're nine and three. It's like, dude, how? It's just Wisconsin. I was kind of thinking Arkansas maybe a little <laughs> bit, but like I think they're a very aptly named team there in the Razorbacks. Like Wisconsin as the Badgers, they are not aggressive enough. Like, right. Badgers will F you up. Yeah. Like, they, they do not mess around. Mm-hmm. And Wisconsin is very much, oh, if you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Kind of a deal. Sure. Like, if you don't make us mad, we'll go eight and four and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know if this is, like, heresy because of, you know, I feel like their name is perfect already. But maybe LSU? Too aggressive. Yeah. I think like that doesn't really fit. Like they were aptly once named I the Tigers. S- yeah, once I said it, They're I was like, eh. vicious. Right. Yeah. No, I I like Wisconsin is the perfect bear team, and you know what's really disappointing 
is is it's funny how it all circles back to this on on this show. But what's really disappointing about teams that are nicknamed the Bears in college football, really anything. Yeah, the, it's even been disappointing in the NFL since like yeah. the 80s because like at least the Bears used to actually be like Bears. Right. It's not only the the lack of just like representation and and stylistic. And for anyone saying Baylor, the hell out of here. Baylor's not really a bunch of Bears. Come on, yeah. Come on. I think my most disappointing thing though is the overall like marketing and and like you like uniform base of said teams that are named Bears. They're none of them are intimidating enough. Like the Golden Bears and they just got like blue and yellow stripes. You got the Chicago Bears and like cool you got the you got the C on the side of the helmet and guess what? More stripes. Like dude, you could do and it's blue and orange. Like you could do so many sick things. With the nickname of the Bears, and no one takes advantage well, of it. Well, it's because no one can hold a candle to Missouri State. That's so true. The Bears. That's so true. I feel like they all should have that. Like, they yeah. should just do the... Like the I'm a, I might get in, tr- in some uh, trouble here. The, the, like, the, the either Grambling State or Georgia G, whichever one like it is. Or like the Clemson Tiger Paw that everyone uses. Yeah. Sure, that's yeah. true, too. That's true, too. Uh, but no, they, they should just do that with all the Bears logos the and just State. change yeah. the colors. Yeah, yep. that's perfect. So, but we were in agreement that Wisconsin is the most bear-like team in college football. In a heartbeat. I want to yes. do this with all the animals. Uh, let's take a break, though. <laughs> we have some Sunbelt Power Rankings uh, to talk about. Also, some questions around the ACC as we head into 2022. We also have high school football on the docket tonight. If you're in Savannah, you'll be able to hear the call of Jenkins and Benedictine. Kevin Thomas and myself uh, will be on the call of that one live from Memorial Stadium. And of course, uh, coming up tomorrow at Memorial Stadium, Georgia Southern hosting their second scrimmage. A good chance for all the fans in the Savannah uh, and surrounding areas to come out and take a look at the new look Georgia Southern Eagles uh, with new head coach Clay Helton there. So that's coming up tomorrow. Uh, tonight, Benedictine and Jenkins on the radio in Savannah. Uh, we got to take a quick break, though. We'll come back talking Sunbelt football next. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. PJ, trivia question for you. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks that played last year, and a lot of them are back, right? Only one quarterback taken in the first round of the NFL draft last year, that being Pitt's Kenny Pickett, who's now with your Pittsburgh Steelers just the most like yinzer statement i've ever made pitts kenny pickett who's now with the pittsburgh steelers it's really like yeah if that, if that works out like it's it's that's really bad gonna like drink some steel reserves there's gonna have <laughs> get on down to heinz field it's not called heinz field anymore watch kenny pickett sling it around to george pickens there's gonna be so much fun like i i didn't really watch a lot of pitt panthers games i'm gonna be honest so uh, you know, I didn't really hear a lot of them, but there's going to be so many NFL, like, just different jokes and things, like little, just, they're, they're going to have, so, the commentators are going to have a lot of fun when he wins the starting job, and it's Pickett in Pittsburgh. Well, you got Trubisky, too, out there, slinging the rock around. Yeah, Pickett. sure. And he'll be great for, you know, I don't know if he'll be great. He'll be all right for this year. Yeah. You know, hopefully. All right, I don't want this to turn into a full-fledged Steelers conversation. No, I but, completely agree. Uh, that being said, <laughs> so a lot of great quarterbacks who are back, because, again, Kenny Pickett, the only quarterback taken in the first round of the NFL draft last year. Obviously, Bryce Young is back. C.J. Stroud's back. The defending national champion quarterback, Stetson Bennett's back. A ton of excellent quarterbacks back all around the country. 
Can you tell me who led college football in quarterback efficiency last year out of all those guys? Um, if was it? If you're asking, you said we were going to talk Sunbelt here. It's true. Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall. There we go. Was the only quarterback in the 200s of quarterback efficiency last year uh, for the Chanticleers. And you have him back, Chase Bryce. Yes, the same Chase Bryce who at one point was backing up Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Had to come in and save Clemson a couple times in big games. Yeah. That got them to the college football playoff uh, when Trevor Lawrence went out. And then he transferred to Duke, but we don't talk about the Duke year. Yeah, uh, no. And then he was at App State last year. He's back uh, for another year. And then you have the new additions to the conference. Marshall uh, is making their appearance in the Sun Belt Southern Miss. Old Dominion and James Madison, all now members of the Sun Belt Conference. And I think a conference that would it be out of the realm of possibility to say is fighting for that best group of five conference ranking. I mean, I understand. Listen, last year you had the the AC. Yeah. Get the first ever team into the college football playoff from the G5 with Cincinnati. They also have UCF and Memphis. They're really good. So maybe battling it out with them. Believe so. Yeah. For the best, maybe I, the MAC getting up there? No. The WAC? The MAC should no. 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 I I'm surprised the WAC still exists. They do. I've been, that's not. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. What about the Mountain West? What? <laughs> hey, listen. Is that still a thing? There's some good football teams out there. There what? Uh, there used to be. But I, I do think this is an excellent conference coming into this year. So we put Agreed. together our first power rankings uh, of the season. We'll go from bottom up. So 14 teams now in the Sun Belt. Uh, we'll start with two four and eight teams from last year. UL Monroe uh, kind of just cleans it up at the bottom there. Listen. We love our we love our fellas from Monroe. There's just not a whole lot of positivity going on out there. Sure. Uh, and then Texas State came in at four and eight as well last year. Uh, we got them at thirteen. Arkansas State still trying to find uh, an identity. They were two and ten last year. Comes in at number twelve. And then our brave boys up in Statesboro, the Georgia Southern Eagles, three and nine last year. Fired their head coach uh, and hired Clay Helton this past offseason to come in and kind of revitalize the program and just completely went away from any sort of thought that, hey, maybe one day we'll bring back the flex bone. They're like, no, we're just going to go and get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this year and next year might be tough, but we're just going to move into the, the new century. I'm not saying they made the correct decision because you know I love the flex bone. Sure. But Clay Helton, a good football coach, yeah. had success at his time at USC and had some success developing quarterbacks. He's now at Georgia Southern. They come in at number 11. Uh, I think they're going to be one of the teams that you could probably see the biggest movement from. Uh, number 10, uh, South Alabama. Number 9 is where we get our first look at one of the new teams, at James Madison. They were 12-12 and 12 last year, but in the FCS. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. But when you look at some of the games uh, and some of the competitions they've had over the past few years against good to semi-good, FBS schools, yeah. James Madison is a solid team. Uh, above them at number eight, we put Old Dominion, which in the not-too-distant past has beaten teams like Virginia Tech. Yeah. And so they're ready to rock here, and they've played a ton of close games. Yeah. And, yeah I'm just saying, and still possibly, yeah, you know. still possibly for the next few years because they have that home-and-home home schedule going <laughs> until like 2067 Crazy. Uh, with Virginia Tech. Troy Trojans come in at number seven. They were five and seven last year. Uh, Southern Miss, number six. And we put Georgia State at number five. 
And Georgia State, I think, is a team to watch that could potentially push. For whatever reason, they, they just can't seem to get out of their own way a lot of times where they just have a silly two- or three-game stretch. But Georgia State comes in at number five. Then we get to the top four, and I think it's a clear top four, but I would hear an argument for putting any of them above the other one. Number four, we put Louisiana. And listen, you, you don't get better by losing Billy Napier, and then you're like, I know he's, yeah, five-year starter, Levi Lewis? I think so, yeah. Yeah, no, he, right? you, you don't. Who, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off no matter what. I will say this. Levi Lewis was never an excellent game-changing quarterback, but he could run the hell out of that offense. He could. And yeah. he did not turn the football over, and right. he distributed it to what is just seemingly a never-ending cascade of running backs. Yeah. Right? Uh, and they lost Osiris Torrance, uh, who was their big-time NFL prospect offensive lineman. He followed Billy Napier uh, to Florida, but Michael Desermo is their new head coach, and he's been on the staff for a long time, actually played QB uh, for the Raging Cajuns back in the day. They got some guys back. Andre Jones uh, is a big-time edge for them, who is getting back for his sixth season there you go. now with the team, which I love. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the guys who still has a 90s birthday. That's incredible. My yeah. man, Andre was born in 98. Right, right. Still well, riding for, for the him, 90s man. babies. We'll count him as an honorary 90s baby because I know it's, yeah. it gets murky once you get around 98. Sure. If you can't remember the 90s, are you really a 90s baby? But Andre Jones, a honorary member of that. Uh, number three went with Coastal Carolina. They lost a lot. They lost a lot. Yeah. But your boy Grayson <laughs> McCall's back. A lot of times we, if you can keep just that one or two, like, that anchor of stability, that can help a hell of a lot. Yeah. Not saying it's not going to, like, it's the same thing with Louisiana, right? Not saying there's not going to be a little bit of a drop-off, but if you if you can have that anchor, a lot of times the drop-off is, is a lot less. And, so. and and they've lost some weapons, but you still have your head coach, Jamie Chadwell, who's been courted by a lot of schools, and you have your quarterback, Grace McCall, who's just progressively gotten better and more efficient over the past couple of years. And there was some thought, hey, maybe he transfers. I think was the bigger threat than going to the NFL draft. Yeah. Uh, but Grace McCall and his mullet deciding to stay uh, in Myrtle Beach there for Coastal. And listen, they uh, we talked about the passing efficiency. In 2021, it was 207.65. And just for reference, Bryce Young's was 167.52. Man. So 40 points off yeah. of what Grace McCall did. He's a baller. And, and I think in Coastal Carolina... Had a down year last year. They went eleven and two. Yeah. Um, Didn't no, quite hit those expectations. Yeah. yeah. Number two, I put Marshall making their debut into the Sun Belt. And listen, they went seven and six last year. But go look at the games that they lost. Very, uh, very Nebraska record for them. Yeah. Where they lost some games that were just right there. Right. Single digit losses for Marshall, and they were beaten up on a lot of Sun Belt teams in there as well. They got a dude uh, by the name of Rasheen Ali. He totaled 1,735 yards last year on 295 touches. Goodness gracious. You think he's going to be the bell cow again? Probably. Uh, they, they got a ton of transfers, too, uh, from Power 5 guys on the on the defensive side. So Marshall, I think, year one is competing for a Sun Belt championship. And then that leaves number one with everyone's favorite country singer, Chase Bryce. <laughs> Uh, again, quarterback once with Clemson, once with Duke, and now entering his second year uh, with App State. But the biggest part of this is they have their running backs, Cameron Peoples uh, and Nate Noel, 
who are returning, right. the two guys who are getting a lot of looks from some Power 5 teams, the big deal getting those guys back. But what I think is fun is you have a pretty top-heavy Sun Belt here. And I think legitimately there's five teams that could win the Sun Belt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like you said, with <clears throat> excuse me, with, with the likes of Marshall coming in, winning the games they won last year yep. and, and being right there for a lot of other ones. And with teams like, I mean, sure, you, you still have the talent there with Louisiana, but just how does it all come together? And teams like Georgia State that, that's been up there competing a lot. They do something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, that's the thing. If, if they just have a season where they're able to not make those mistakes, you know, maybe they can reach up and grab it. So, no, that, that is, at very least, it's going to be insanely entertaining uh, to see who comes away with this this year in the, at the top of the Sun Belt, for sure. And I think this is a big year for the Sun Belt as well. And I think it's cool that they do have some names at quarterback and they have uh, yeah. some big-time NFL talent in there as well because they've signed another kind of extension this past offseason with ESPN. So it's, it's going to be more accessible than at any other time in the past. And I think we're seeing more and more people go ahead and get that ESPN Plus subscription because they want to see their teams in other sports play on ESPN Plus, yeah. and you already have it. So it just gives you that opportunity as you are got your main game on the big screen, but then as you're on your computer maybe looking for other games to watch, those Sunbelt games are going to be popping up on ESPN+. Plus. And I don't know that's going to happen. Everyone keeps trying to tell me that this is what's going to happen. But as there's a consolidation and it basically becomes isolationism inside of college football where SEC is just going to play SEC, Big Ten is just going to play Big Ten, and sorry yeah. to the rest of them it's going to become so much bigger for these conferences to rely on their television deals versus schools surviving off of getting smoked by Alabama once a year. True. Right? And so this is a big kind of audition year, I guess, for the Sun Belt to prove that what we already know, they play an entertaining brand of football. Mm -hmm. It is really fun, really high-level college football. Only so many people can play at Georgia. Right? They're putting 11 guys out on defense just like you are. Right, so everybody's like, oh, well, all the great players are just going to go to these schools. Some dudes want to play. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson went from Georgia to Florida State, a team that he knew was not going to win. Why? For the sole purpose, and he stated this, of playing more. Right. So there is still talent. There are still really intriguing games. And I think if we do go, this is something I want to talk about in the next segment, if we do go to the European soccer model, these games will still matter. We just saw last year, going undefeated. You can't say anymore like Kevin always does. Oh, uh, it doesn't matter. If they're not one of the Blue Bloods, if you go undefeated, they're going to get screwed. That's always been his thing. Well, they disproved that last year because Cincinnati played Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Right? These games matter. And this conference matters. And it's going to be really fun to watch. These are some high-level football games. I'm really excited about the Sun Belt coming up in 2022. Just for our Georgia Southern fans listening, understand Y'all got a rough schedule this year. Sure. So don't go too hard on Clay Helton if the results don't look too much different than what they were last year. Let's take a quick break. Want to come back and continue the conversation next right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have y'all with us here on this Friday afternoon. Three and out coming up next. Braves coming off of a big series win against the New York Mets. Taking down old Jacob DeGrom last night. There we go. Getting back to Dansby it, man. Dansby Swanson just eats that dude live. Yeah. And we love to see it. Just hope the Braves 
You can get old Dansby locked down. Watching all go. these other friends get contracts. It's true. And they're like, come on, man. You know the fans love this flow. Come on, man. And then, uh, of course, the news coming out uh, earlier this morning, Braves outfielder Marcelo Zuna, who, of course, was suspended due to a domestic violence charge, uh, now arrested for DUI. So looking like we might be seeing the end of Mr. Azuna's time there for the Braves. But Kevin and Ben will be breaking it down next. But continue our conversation there uh, from the last segment. I know we're getting down towards the season, but I just will you let me hang out here for five minutes? Sure. I'm asking yeah, I mean, you, PJ. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm asking you. Yeah, no, I don't, but all right. But yeah. Why would? Yeah. When I'm talking about <laughs> why this is a big season for the Sun Belt, because as we are getting towards the future of college football, and Greg Sankey has spoke about this and referenced European soccer a lot. And if if Mario, your brother's listening. Yes, Mario, Greg Sankey stole the idea from you. Uh, but, <laughs> but that being said, what does the European model look like? It is a, and uh, we can change the number for college football, but it is a set number of teams, and that's getting bigger this year. But what you have is a collection of leagues around Europe, right? You have the English Premier League, you have the Bundesliga, you have La Liga, right? You have Serie A, right? You have a bunch of different leagues around Europe, mostly based in their own countries, right? Mm -hmm. That play for quote-unquote domestic titles. Let's flip those words around a little bit. Around the United States, you have a bunch of different conferences that play, instead of for domestic titles, conference titles. Yep. And in, say, England, for example, the Premier League, probably in America, the most famous league, and certainly in the United Kingdom, I don't know, because just of how famous Real Madrid and Barcelona are, if they might be, or if Serie A is the most famous, but certainly the Premier League up there. Yeah, right, for sure. Call that the SEC, Yeah, right? Premier League, winning the Premier League title is massive, right? Managers aren't inherently fired for not winning their version of the playoff where they go off and play teams from other leagues, right? You're given extensions or fired based off of your performance in the Premier League, right? Mm-hmm. And it's such a huge deal and such an honor and, and pride thing to win that conference championship. So what I see college football moving towards is you're going to play nine, ten game conference schedules and winning that title is going to be massive and it's going to be an honor and it's, it's going to be something that actually matters. But then there is what they call the Champions League where depending on what league you play in, the top four teams from the previous year in your team or in your league go on to play in the Champions League. And so, say last year, that would have been what? Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. Yeah. Would have advanced from the SEC because the SEC gets would get, quote-unquote, four slots. Yeah. Or however many. If you want to make it three, I think it would have been Ole Miss that would have advanced. But you get three teams in there. Alabama as the champion, and then Georgia and Ole Miss as the next two up, right? Do that for the other Power Five leagues, mm-hmm. right? ACC, they could get three. Now you're at six. Big Ten, they could get three, right? Now you're at nine. Going up, Power Five, 15 teams. Sure. Get in. If you're making this a, like they do, a 24-team playoff, you still have nine teams. 
yeah, that you got to fill out wherever else. Right, and and you, I think you make those either guarantees for the other conferences, or you make those at large bids where if an App State has a great year and they're ranked inside the top twenty, they make it. Sure, sure. Or you could yeah, you could have a mixed bag, right? Where yeah. you have, you know, three or four of those, you know, non-power group of five. Sure champions make it in and have the at-large bids for whoever else might fit in that role, whether it be a great power, a group of five team that didn't win their championship, like a, like a, you know, a UCF who lost to Cincinnati or something like that in the American conference championship yeah. or a nine and three Wisconsin who wasn't quite in the top three of the big 10. Sure. Right. So yeah. Sure. There's some sort of at-large stuff, but I see that as to how we're moving forward. And for people who are like, man, if they play that many games, like that could be 18, 19 games in a season. Is that really fair for these players? I think that question is out the window now that money's involved. Now that the players are making money, and if you listen to Kevin Warren, at some point in the near future, they will be getting paid at least something. Yeah. That question mark's now out the window. Sure. Right? If you're in the NFL and you go to the Super Bowl, Potentially, you're playing like what, 17 games, and then play 21 games. Yeah, in the season. Yep, yep, without a doubt. And I mean, think, yeah. I know a lot of people automatically go to this too, but like, go to the FCS. How many games yeah. do they play in a the season? So as you can kind of fit the same mold that that they move on I to and it, have I every think year. It might be the same as if you go to the national championship. All right, and FBS now because okay. when Georgia Southern became the first ever. 15 and 0 team in the 20th century. Yeah. Okay. That's true. So, yeah, I might balance out then. <laughs> but uh, just so saying, add, add a couple more, probably. Yeah, but it's just now that everybody's getting paid or will be getting paid, the question of, man, can you really ask unpaid student athletes to, to play these games? That's the question. Yep. Can you really ask paid student athletes to play? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But bringing it back to the Sun Belt. I think that's the way that these conferences don't lose relevancy. Because even if it's, hey, you get to the first round and you have to go play at, I don't know, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. At least you're there. You're playing. You get yeah. the cool Nike check sure. on your chest where it's it's like the silver yeah. Nike check. And to, to everyone's point, now I get this. Now I know we get this a lot, but it's like I've had a conversation with you about this before. To everyone's point that it's, well, that that team's gonna get beat forty-two to seventeen well, every game. year. I don't sure they're yeah. there though. They get a chance. So does Michigan State and Michigan. Yeah, and not to take a shot at the entire state of Michigan, but no, like, I mean it's, it's insanely true. Look at the Washington scores. and Oklahoma, <laughs> right? So it's just yeah. So do a lot of teams. Uh, we gotta take a break. We'll come back. Get you ready for three and out next, right here on ESPN Radio. All right, PJ. So how are you spending your final weekend before college football? Um, <laughs> Green, white, and checkered? Yeah, yeah, right, no, like for it. sure. Can't wait for that. Uh, there's going to be plenty of that. There's going to be plenty of NASCAR. Um, yes, I, I, I'm I, going to be hanging out. I'm going to be hanging out. I'm going to be doing what we talked about before. Not to pull the curtain back too much, but uh, you asked me a question earlier. It was a joke. It was like, oh, so what time are you, you going to get here? Somewhere around 2.30? Oh, 2 yeah. 2.30? Yeah. So, uh to peel back, that, that, that is kind of something I'm dealing with right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to be hanging out a lot this weekend. I think it's a HIPAA violation. I, I'm not allowed <laughs> to talk about your medical diagnoses, but PJ dealing with a little toothache. Well, no, yeah, I brought it up, so it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. PJ dealing with a little toothache, and from what I told you, it's like 
the most excruciating pain. It is not fun. I. It is not fun. Yeah, you're a champ. I can't wait to sit down and like just watch some NASCAR and some college football projections. Maybe maybe a look back at last year. Some find some some old highlight tapes or something. I don't yeah, know. We'll we're see. just gonna pump PJ full ibuprofen. <laughs> We'll have them back good to go on Monday. Speaking of Monday, we'll catch up with everyone then. Three and out coming up next right here on ESPN Radio.